and I was gone the rest of the week out of town. I was gone about half of this week, but made it for church service. And uh, But I made mention as I started to preach that I had been limited by the Sanhedrin on how long. But tonight, I didn't have a chance to meet with the Sanhedrin court. I have no time limits. May have consequences when it's over, but it's, no, just joking. And I know that we got school. I know we got a shower after church. And man, I, but I just, for just, just a little while, just a little while. And man, Brother Caleb could have just went on. He was all around what I've been feeling. But at a, we went down to Silver Dollar City and listened to Brother Zach and them sing and Brother Cason play. And one of the MCs at one of the places that we were at, I don't even remember now what it, where it was at, but he began to talk about America and the spirit of America and he, he talked about an unbeatable courage that America had. And I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm thankful to be a great part, a, a part of this great country. Hallelujah. And uh, I may not make a significant difference as far as government's concerned, but I feel like I make a difference in our community. Hallelujah. And someone made mention the other day the hardest thing about pastoring is making people understand that you want to see them go to heaven more than they want to go. And uh, that is my desire. I want to have a church that's made themselves ready. Hallelujah. And kept themselves, the revelations talked about, unspotted from the world. And uh, I'm telling you something tonight. Uh, I just, I know we face circumstances in life. I know we face things. And I'd like to say before I get good and started, it's good to have Grandma and Grandpa Pullman here and Great Grandma Pullman here and uh, be with us in service tonight. <laughs> Sister Becky Jones over here, we're glad that she's here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Some of you that weren't able to be here this morning prayed for Brother Mitchell. He don't, he don't look like he's running a hundred, but at least he's here tonight, moving around a little bit. Hallelujah! But you know, we face circumstances in life, and uh, we face a lot of things that comes against us. And uh, sometimes it just takes courage to get out of bed in the morning and just face another day. And we face so much maybe during the prior week and it just took so much out of us that just seemed like we don't have it in us just to go. Sometimes by the weekend, it's all we can do to come to church. And then when we get to church, it's all we can do to worship. Some don't even feel like worshiping. They've had, they fought hell all week long. They fought battles all day long. And the only thing that I can tell you, preached a message years ago, there's always been giants and there'll always be a battle. And you know, it's not changed. It's been that way in Genesis. You can start reading about giants. And uh, uh, man, you can get in, you get in not very far. Uh, you can get into the Chronicles. In fact, we'll go to First Chronicles 20. 
uh, chapter and verse one here in just a minute, but there's always been giants and there's always been a battle and there's not just been one battle and we'll read here in a little bit, but it talks about and there was again another battle and then the next scripture will talk and there was another battle and most of those battles in those days there was giants brother Tim Ryan that they had to conquer and I want to tell you something when you go looking for giants when you go out searching in, in, in this world and in, in living uh, in this world you're going to have to stand on your own two feet brother Caleb talked a lot about even this morning and again tonight about what our culture is going through, what our children are going through. They're not just real worried about a bunch of old heads uh, hanging around because they've been working on the youth of America since back in the uh, late 40s and the early 50s and they've been selling our education system down the road. They've been putting into the minds of our children uh, exactly what they wanted to hear. Now we have children in America in schools today. Uh, they don't know if they're a cat or a dog. They got litter boxes. They uh, they have all of these things. I'm telling you, where are our parents at that stand around and let a child grow up well up into the school year and school age uh, thinking that they're a dog or a cat? I think they re refer to them as furries. Uh, I'm telling you something. Uh, uh, my dad might have patted me on the head and said, nice puppy uh, uh, just a little bit, but about uh, uh, by the time of I was 12 and 13 and I was wanting to go over there and mess in a litter box uh, and meow and, and uh, hike my leg on every fire hydrant that come along uh, I want to tell you something he had got him a belt uh, and he said come here boy I'm going to tell you where the buck is in the buck brush. I'm going to show you something a little bit different. I'm going to make a man out of you. I listened to Brother Caleb tonight. You might whoop me, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to know that you got a hold of something. I want to tell you something. It pleases me to know Brother Pullman that I didn't raise children. I didn't raise two sons on prunes and proverbs. They got some substance in them. You can get a hold of them and they got something. You can feel that. Uh, I'm thankful today at 68 years old, uh, I still feel like I can hold uh, my own. Uh, I want to tell you something why. Uh, I've got a mindset uh, that I'm going to be a man uh, in a world of adversity. Uh, I'm going to work like a man. Uh, I'm going to pay my bills like a man. Uh, I ain't going to the welfare system uh, as long as I'm able-bodied. Uh, I'm telling you something today. We need men in a America that's got an attitude. I will not be defeated. And I could go in and I read story after story of different athletes because uh, I kind of liked a lot of sports when I was a, a child and I thought as a child, but now that I'm an old man, I think like an old man with two uh, messed up knees. Uh, uh, but I still, even when I went to youth camp down at Gulf Coast, uh, you know what I took? I took my ball glove and I took my ball. Uh, it was just an act of faith, I guess. Uh, but I want to tell you something. 
something. If I go down, I want to be like Brother Roy Riley. Devil, if you catch me, if arthritis gets a hold of me, it's going to get a hold of me while I'm running the aisles, while I'm running down the road, while I'm still working. Why? There's something on the inside of me. Brother Josiah, I don't want to give up. I'm a man. I want to act like a man. I want to be responsible like a man. What are you saying? I want an unbeatable courage on the inside of me that I can stand against the wiles of the devil and the pressure of this world. Some of y'all can't make up your mind if you want to live like the world, look like the world, or if you want to be in church. One night, time in church, you're on top of the mountain, and the next time in church, the mountain is on top of you. I want to tell you something, Brother Sampson, do you fit? No, I don't fit. 68 years old, I didn't feel like shouting tonight, and I couldn't shout without holding on to this pulpit to keep a little bit of balance, but I want to tell you something. I'm going to fight hell uh, like it's the last thing, uh, my last alternative. Uh, and that's what it is tonight. Uh, you've got to get something uh, on the inside of you. Uh, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be defeated. And it came to pass that after the year was expired at the time that the kings go out to battle. Joab led forth the power of the army and wasted the country of the children of Ammon and came and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem and Joab smote Rabbah and destroyed it. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, what if the leader don't go? I'm gonna go anyway and I'm gonna conquer anyway. If my wife don't go, I'm gonna go anyway. I'm going to still be a conqueror. I'm still going to have the courage to defeat the enemy. And David took the crown of their king from off his head and found it to weigh a talent of gold and there were precious stones in it and it was set upon David's head uh, and he brought also exceeding much spoil uh, out of the city. I'm talking about uh, unbeatable courage. It did take something to fight uh, and it don't take just a whole lot if your opponent uh, is just about your size uh, or especially if he's a little bit smaller and he's got a, a pretty healthy mouth on him. Uh, I'm telling you, you something. There ought to be something that rises up. Uh, I thought as our young people went to a, a youth camp as soon as they walked in, a, a, a couple toughs uh, uh, from another state was sitting in there and went to run in their mouth, uh, calling them sissies, calling them girls, uh, uh, making fun of how big they were. And uh, uh, one of the young boys went over there, uh, my grandson, and he got, and it really surprised me, but he got that boy by the chin uh, right there in the gymnasium and he said, uh, how about I knock your teeth down your throat uh, and then you see what you think of me. Well, I don't promote fighting, but I want to tell you what I do promote. Uh, I promote a spirit uh, that'll rise up on the inside of a man uh, and a woman uh, and said, I'm unconquerable. You're not defeating me. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. And I'm going to fight some more. brought all the people that were in it and cut them 
with saws and with harrows of iron and axes. I want to tell you something. He kept beating, cutting, and hacking until there was no enemy left. All the cities of the children of Ammon and David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Here we go, verse four. And it came to pass after this that there arose war at Gezer with the Philistines, at which time Sabachai the Hush... Hushite slew Sapai that was of the children of the giant and they were subdued and I'm going to tell you something it was a battle there was a giant in that battle and there was a war again with the Philistines and Elhanan the son of Jar slew Lamah that's brother of Goliath the Gittite whose spear and staff was like a weaver's beam I looked at that just a little bit from an inch and a half to two inches depending on the fabric that was being run in the weaver in the loom at the time I want to tell you something that's a pretty good grab you know for the staff of a spear it'd be pretty intimidating he could take the staff just the shaft of that spear and beat a man to death with it at the size that it was Goliath's spear head was 26 inches long, just the spear of the head. 7.8 inches wide, weighing 16 pounds and 11 ounces. The shaft is 10 feet long, weighing 10 pounds, 9.8 ounces. The counterweight between the two of them is six pounds and a half ounce. I want to tell you something, that's a pretty good grab. I got to reading about giants and some of the, uh, the feats that they could accomplish. I want to tell you something, some of them could take a wood barrel, uh, a huge wooden barrel and throw it uh, through the air 25 feet. Uh, some of them giants uh, uh, could drag, uh, pull, push uh, uh, up to a thousand pounds uh, and lift half uh, of that much. I want to tell you something. Uh, that's a man in my books. Uh, that's somebody with some strength. Uh, but I want to tell you something. Uh, the battle's not to the swift. Uh, the battle's not to the strong. Uh, I'm telling you something in here tonight if you're looking at your situation I'm telling you something and it's intimidating you you need to know that in Philippians 4 and 13 I can do it's a very popular promotional scripture but I can do all things through Christ I don't know if I can handle it or not what about through Christ what about through him what about I can do all things through Christ that's where my strength comes from. What are you talking about? You need to get some courage. I'm telling you, you need to be like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. Man, you need to mix you up a concoction and just drink it and say, what are you doing? I'm just building my faith. I just got some courage on the inside of me. Maybe in this service tonight before it's over, you could say, you know, I feel my courage building up. I'm ready to slay a giant. I'm ready to meet my opposition head on. Goliath, just one of the giants, nine foot, nine inches. Some others interpret it to be 10. Og of Bashan, his bed was 13, 14 foot long, six foot 
wide. Well, my bed's six foot wide. Yeah, well, that, that's for you and your wife and a couple kids that want to climb in there and sleep with you during the night. This is one bed to accommodate one man. I'm talking about a, a man amongst men, as the elder used to say. Uh, that's what we need in the church world today. We need some men uh, among men, uh, some men that'll look sin in the face, uh, some men that'll stand up uh, and say, you're not taking my child to hell. You're not taking my grandbabies to hell. I'm going to fight you until there's no fight left. But we need to have a courage that's undefeatable. I read about one young athlete talked about how poor they were. Talked about Brother Caleb. He's a soccer player in one of these foreign countries and I just kind of briefly read through it and but he remember coming home and I know as a child a lot of times I didn't know how rough it really was at home I just knew there's a sandwich or there's always something to eat and that, as a kid that was all that really mattered but he came home and he said he remembered seeing his mother at the refrigerator mixing milk with water and more water than milk to put in the cereal. Not even cereal, it was bread and milk. And he told how many weeks that they had bread and milk. And talking to his grandfather one day, and his grandfather made him promise that he would take care of his mother. But there was already something churning in this young man. And uh, uh, he was just like 11 or 12 at the time. But he had set his goal uh, to play for one of the universities in that uh, foreign uh, country by the time that he was uh, uh, 10 years old. I wish I got a little more specifics on it. It made it maybe a little more interesting to you. But the thing that got me uh, was the undefeatable courage uh, that was in this young man. No, he wasn't a citizen uh, uh, you know in, in, in America. He was somewhere, uh, uh, maybe maybe they didn't have the, uh, the government assistance that they got here uh, and it put something in him and he'd see his mom crying uh, but he promised his grandfather one day in talking and he said, uh, well, you would promise me that you'll take care of your mother and he said, you don't have to worry grandpa and just kind of casually answered uh, uh, but he said my grandfather didn't really think I meant it uh, uh, but I meant it I already knew the hardship uh, uh, that we're in but I promised him uh, that someday I'd make it different uh, uh, for my mother and by uh, age 16 he had it in his sights uh, I'm going to play for this university uh, uh, and he missed it by three days uh, uh, but one day the phone rang uh, and the coach off of this uh, uh, team called him and said, I don't know what you're doing, but get your clothes in a bag and get to this campus as fast as you can get here. And you know, when he got there, he was just barely 16 years old. The news media was there. His friends began to see him. I'm telling you something. And he began to play for them today. He's a star athlete at a very young age, but he had, he said, every game I played, whether it was in the park, whether it was in the street, whether it was in the backyard, it was a grand final playoff for me. He said, I was there to hurt you. I was there to play.
way against you. I was there to beat you. I want to tell you something. At just a young age, oh, he could have sat back and maybe committed suicide like so many weak-kneed people do in this day and age that we lived. But he looked opposition in the face. He had courage. He had a spirit that was unquenchable. Giants, battles. We're going to go fight them. How many knows what costs all of those people to miss the promised land? Because of doubt. There's giants. There's giants. Some of y'all spend so much time looking at the size of your situation that by the time it comes fighting time you're already intimidated you're already about to say what's the use but brother Tony we need to get up and we need to fight one more fight one more battle I'm not giving up I'm not giving in Verse 6, and yet again there was war at Gath where was a man of great stature whose fingers and toes were four and twenty, six on each hand, six on each foot, and he also was the son of the giant. But when he defied Israel, uh, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, slew him. Uh, These were born unto the giant in Gath, uh, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, They had an unquenchable uh, I'm telling you an unbeatable courage uh, that was on the inside of me uh, on on the inside of them Uh, I don't care about the size uh, I don't care how big you think you are uh, but the bigger the situation uh, the harder it's going to fall I'm telling you something uh, somewhere in your heart uh, you need to get the courage built up uh, to say I'm going to fight another battle Uh, I'm going to fight and conquer another giant. I can do all things. Oh, but, but, but. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, with this man, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I don't know, I don't know if I can, Brother Samson. It's more than I can handle. What do you think, David? The Bible said he was ruddy, red-complected, just a little lad tending the sheep. Winds up there hearing this gargantuous voice echoing across the valley. What is that? That's a giant. Saul backslid in his tent. All the mighty... Israel sitting around saying it can't be done. He can't be conquered. He's a champion. It can't be done. And David's looking at him. He can't whoop a bear. He can't whoop a lion. 
I've done that. I'm just a lad. Let me have a chance at him. Oh man, the king done said, whoever conquers him, his house uh, gonna be free in Israel. Uh, man, no more taxes. And if you read about the dynasty of David uh, and Solomon and some of those kings, uh, there was pretty heavy taxation uh, put on them. That was enough uh, uh, to put something on the inside. Uh, man, I ain't gonna have to pay any more taxes. Uh, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, uh, not only are you gonna be tax free, uh, but that little chick uh, that belongs to the king, uh, he's going to give her to the man uh, uh, that can kill this giant. Uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, I don't think it was so much the woman. Uh, I don't think it was so much the tax uh, uh, exemption of the situation. Uh, I just believe it was defying the God that David served. The God that never failed. The God that never let him down. Oh, I'm telling I could go on and on here tonight and talk about Unbeatable courage. But sometimes what it takes is just courage to do the right thing and let God fight the battle from there on. Let me read you one little story in closing tonight. The courage to choose right over easy. Battles are not easy. The Bible said the battle's not to the swift nor to the strong, but it's to the one that endures. He just keeps fighting. He just keeps fighting and he just keeps fighting. How many fights through uh, uh, in, in sports events through uh, history of America can you read about that it looked like uh, they were beat? It looked like they were defeated, but they got up off of the mat <laughs> one more time. They come to the plate one more time. They come to the line uh, and served one more uh, and all of a sudden a rally started uh, and things begin to turn around. Why? It's because somebody uh, uh, began to pump that team and say, hey, we're not hurt. Hey, we're not hurt. They're just a can of corn. We can beat them. There's nothing to them. They're just powder putts. Come on. We may ten, be 10 runs behind, but we're not hurt. That's no step for a stepper. Come on. Let's rally. You hear them. And they begin to chit, chitter and chatter to one another. And pretty soon, one of them hits a ball. It may not even be over the fence just through the defense and that's all it takes and the morale is beginning to pick up when saving even one life matters imagine having saved hundreds of lives just because you had the courage to do the right instead of the easy This is a story of a ship in the middle of shipwreck and a lifeboat that reached in time. There were three ships around this sinking ship when the distress signal was being sent. The first one, Samson, was approximately seven miles away from the sinking ship. Only seven miles. They could see the sinking ship, but they turned their backs. Why? Because the crew aboard the ship had been involved in an illegal hunting of seals and they turned their back to a shipwreck because they didn't want to get caught. You know why some of you can't do the right thing? Because you got sin in your life. You've been doing wrong and you knowing God's not gonna 
honor you and, and, and you, you ain't got the will to fight uh, because of the sin uh, you ain't got what it takes to do the right thing because of worldly desires uh, that's in your heart they didn't they turned their backs to a shipwreck because they didn't want to get caught Sometimes courage is not about insane bravery. It's simply about having the guts to let go of what's important to you because someone else is in dire need. Obviously, the crew of Samson did not possess this royal quality. There was another ship approximately 14 miles away from our sinking ship, the Californian saw the distress signals and it was within eye shot but they were surrounded by ice and it was nighttime and it wasn't probably comfortable for them to move. They decided to wait till morning for the condition to improve. You know that 20 seconds of insane courage uh, that's often talked about what it is about someone else. Uh, uh, those 20 seconds become even more important. We've talked about people that cars uh, have fell on and people without even thinking uh, about can I do this or can I not do this. Uh, and they go over and they grab weight of impossibility. Uh, I've heard of them actually lifting cars up uh, uh, while the mechanic that the car fell on uh, it out, pushing maybe a, a tractor, or just without thinking, just, oh God, this is what's got to be done. Give me this courage. And they run in and they do what seemed impossible. But the Californian didn't have what it took. The third ship was approximately 58 miles away and was already moving in the other direction. But when they heard the, the, the cries over radio, they decided to be the lifeboat. And the captain of the ship just prayed to God for direction and he turned his boat. They waited ice fields in the dark, but they kept going. I'm telling you something, the situation in this world that we live in, we set the church and we waller in our own misery and there's a world of lost sinners going to hell uh, and we don't have the initiative uh, to come out of our comfort zone uh, and offer somebody uh, a lifeboat. Uh, let me throw you a life jacket. Uh, let me show, throw you something uh, that will help you survive uh, in this world that we live in. They waited ice fields in the dark but kept going. The lifeboat was Carpathia, if I'm saying that right, and the shipwreck itself too was none other than the Titanic. And they saved a whopping 705 lives that night. Those 705 lives were saved because one man chose the right over the easy. The one man had the courage to look beyond his comfort. And the man deserves to be acknowledged. He is Captain Arthur Rustin, the man who simply said, Mr. Dean, turn 
turn this ship around. Oh, it would have been so easy in our comfort zone not to see the man on the side of the road that needs help, not to see the one that's on his way to hell, not to see the drug addict on the side of the road, the alcoholic on the side of the road. I've given them money when they turned to walk away and they were winos. Oh, and they had messed their clothing, mess running down both legs. And what are you going to do? I need some food. And I sat in the parking lot where I was figuring a bill and I give him some money and he left me after telling me what all he was going to do with the money. And he walked straight across the highway and right across the corner and right into the liquor store. I sat there thanking God for where he brought, kept me from and where he's taken me to. But I want to tell you something. It's going to take some courage. It's going to look like a gigantuous situation. It's going to look like it's far beyond us. But we need the initiative. We need the courage on the inside. I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to defeat you while you stand to your feet. Come on, devil. You beat me. You beat me. You beat me. But this is the grand finale tonight. I don't care how big your giant is. I don't care how tough your battle is. You need to get a shammer mentality. You need to get in the middle of the pea patch and you say you're not taking my crop one more year. This is it. And he began to fight an impossible odd. But he had a courage on the inside of him that was undefeatable. I mean to see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus sweet Oh, Sister Mercer, about I may stumble down. 80, 90 so years old. Still teaching school. So and she was a disciplinarian. She didn't mean her cutworm. You can go shout it. I'm sure a lot of days she got up. Sister Greenwood, she didn't quit. feel like teaching school, but she came and she I'm taught. Not about to quit. Was it Sister I Mercer or Sister Mac? said, can't never. Sister Mac. Sister Mac's the one. Doubt looks down. But faith looks around. Faith begins to evaluate. How am I going to win this battle? How am I going to whoop this giant? How am I going to overcome every all the adversity that I've been going through? I don't care if it's marriage. I don't care if it's finance. I don't care what you're looking at tonight. I'm telling you something. You get a mindset. I'm going to fight and I'm going to go down. I'm going to do just like they did at the, at the Alamo when they broke the wall down and come in on them. Lean back again the wall, still pumping, still fighting the enemy until they come up. What if we get defeated? But what if we don't get defeated? Man, it's big. It's large. It's huge. It's a great opposition. What you need is some courage. And she said, try Never did. Unfair. But there's one thing about it. You can go. I'm going to fight, Brother Samson. I've made up my mind tonight during the course of this little message here. I'm going to fight. This situation's not going to get me down. 
I can beat it. I can come forth victorious. I can make the team. I can make the goal. I can finish the course. What are you talking about? I'm talking about an unbeatable courage that we need to have on the inside of us. They stumble down. Feel so unworthy. 